Here we go. My name's Todd. This is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 635, Why Listen to Zen Parenting Radio, because it'll help you feel outstanding. And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we're going to do the Zen Parenting Moment, as we do every time. We're going to talk a little bit about the summit that's coming up on January 31st. And then if we get to it, you got a few things. I want to get to it. Okay. Because it's not a deep, huge, deep discussion, or maybe it is, mm-hmm. about the paradox of what we tell, something that we tell our kids that doesn't make sense. Paradoxes are so paradoxical, aren't they? Yeah. And I don't know if I'm like explaining that the right way, but I realized how we tell our kids one thing and then an hour later we tell them another thing and that they're contradictory. Yeah. to each other. And that I want to point that out because I've noticed it in our home and I've realized how common it is and why our kids are like, what are you talking about? Do you remember how I just said uh, paradoxes are so paradoxical? It reminded me of when I was like in fourth grade and I had to look up a word in the dictionary because I didn't know what it means. <laughs> and you would just describe it with the word. Yeah. Well, and it would be like paradoxical of the paradox. Right? <laughs> like, thanks a lot, Webster. I know. Of the, but then it tells you which word to go to next. Yeah. You have to use your. I just, I, I just want to go to the one. I didn't want to go anywhere else. I know you didn't. You were done. You Path- looked it up, and then you probably, if you had to write it out, you probably just wrote of the paradox. Did you ever get busted for plagiarism? I never understood plagiarism when I was. They're like, you got to read. It. Like I did a thing on the Vietnam War. Uh-huh. I didn't know anything about the Vietnam War. Uh-huh. So what I did is I took paragraphs from the encyclopedia right. and just like, and just basically copy and pasted it with maybe a little bit. They're like, oh yeah, you plagiarize this. I'm like, how am I supposed to do it? Now I know you're supposed to read a bunch of stuff and then give your thoughts about it afterwards. Or you read it and then you write it in your own words. Mm -hmm. So what they're trying to get you to do is process it through your brain and have it come out with your own words. But if you are reading about something where you don't even understand the words you're reading, then that is going to be difficult to put it into your own language. Does it surprise you that I just wanted to basically just take it from one source and move it to another. I did that. Yeah. I think most kids did that. And that's you. And and again, I think when you're young, they don't say you plagiarize or maybe your teacher did say plagiarism. Yeah. But I think they said, could you try to write this in your own words? And think about that. Like for me, it was something as vast as the Vietnam War. Like how do I, okay, I'm going to read this book and then just tell you everything I, th- I thought about reading the book. Mm-hmm. Just didn't make sense to me. I know. And now it does. Now it does. Um, okay, so the Zen Parenting Moment was on meditation, yeah. and you had a quote from Eddie, Andy Puttacombe, who's a guy I met at the airport one time. Yeah, we ran into him. And he was feeling unwell, but he's going to Canada to teach somebody something about meditation. What do you mean he was feeling unwell? He, 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 he was really sick that day. Was he really? He was at the airport. Well, we took pictures he with took him. He took a picture with me anyways. Um, yeah, but yes, yeah, so Andy is the uh, co-founder of Headspace. Yes. Um, mindfulness and meditation. What What drew you to writing this Zen Parenting Moment? Well, I don't know. I had gotten a few emails about meditation the week before, and I actually, it, that wasn't a new writing. I took that from my book. So okay. I have a whole chapter in uh, Zen Parenting, the book that comes out on February 1st, about meditation. So I just took a few paragraphs Well, from and you talked about the differences between mindfulness and meditation. Do, yeah. you, do you want me to say a few things about what you said? Sure, go ahead. Mindfulness is a quality uh, or experience, and meditation is a practice or tool to develop mindfulness. Yeah, I think sometimes people think they're synonymous and they're not. Mm-hmm. So mindfulness is the, the what is the word I use? Not a beingness. It is a, a state. Mm-hmm. Um, and meditation is the practice of finding, um, getting to 
get finding comfort with a state. See, it's funny. The whole beginning of my book, I write about what Zen means. And it was probably the most challenging chapter I've ever written in my life because Zen doesn't have a meaning. Mm -hmm. So it's very similar to mindfulness. You can call it a state and you can, you know, you can describe it, but really it's kind of the thing without words. Yeah. And it's kind of like the Tao is not the Tao. Well, and that's the the first chapter. That's what I say in the Zen chapter is I use that first um, stanza from the Tao mm. is like, once you start to speak this, it loses its meaning. Right. So because um, words are simply pointers to right. an idea. Exactly. Yeah. And especially with Zen, because, you know, in no fault to anybody for using it in this way, but people use it to mean chill all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it means. When you say, when somebody says, oh, I'm just being Zen today, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean calm and chill. It mm -hmm. means something very different, mm -hmm. but it's become that because there is an aspect of it that is very chill. Yeah. It's been condensed. So um, we are going to take the next few weeks just to just talk a little bit about some of our speakers at the summit. If you guys don't know what the summit is, it's something Kathy put together with my help, but it's pretty much Kathy's brainchild. And we have 13 speakers? 13 speakers and then us, so 15 total. And what's going to happen is on January 31st, anybody who signs up, it's free. First name, last name, email address. That's all you have to do. No credit card numbers, nothing. It's you free. First name, last name, email address. You're going to get an email from Kathy and I, and it's going to give you three options um, to listen to a podcast or view a Vimeo a Vimeo interview. And some of the interviews are Kathy and I are interviewing somebody else. Some of them are Kathy and I talking about her book. Mm -hmm. And then some of them are our friends. We've asked them to in interview each other. Which is it's super cool. So today we're going to highlight two of the speakers and I'm going to play a few clips from it. Uh, the first one is Zeba San and Uzma Jaffrey. And they are, they have a podcast called Mommying While Muslim. Um, sweetie, before I play the clip, uh -huh. do you want to just introduce how you found them or why you I found were their podcast yeah. and it's awesome. And I, you know, what I realized is that all the topics they were focusing on, I felt like you and I were focusing on, but obviously our perspectives were similar in the parenting realm, mm -hmm. but there was difference in the cultural realm, yeah. you know, but the same, you know, same goals overall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really liked what they were focusing on because they were focusing on people um, in their community who did not get the mic very often. Yes. Um, and I thought it was an enjoyable podcast as a parent. And I also thought I, I felt like I was learning something every time. So I'm just so grateful that they uh, were able to come and speak with us for this summit. So we interviewed them. I think it's about an hour interview. So here's one minute from that interview. So in any case, I went there and the director is um, a third culture kid and has this very strong British accent. She asked me where I'm from. And I was like, Pakistan. And she's like, oh, when did you come to America? And I was like, oh, I was born here. And she goes, but you're American. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, no, I'm Pakistani. Like, I'm Pakistani. I'm not American. You know, and she was like, held me by the shoulders, 35-year-old woman. And she holds me by my shoulders. And she goes, you are American. Mm -hmm. And 35 years, three kids in is when I finally realized oh, maybe everything I've known about myself oh, is wow. wrong. Mm. And it was really uncomfortable. And I just kind of rode that uncomfortable wave and did the training, went out. And for, I think it's been nine years now, I've been going out on the circuit to public schools, colleges, universities, rotary clubs, youth groups, anybody who wants to hear about Islam, they invite us. 
we go out and we speak. Um, we have an Abrahamic panel where you get to talk to a bar joke. It's a Christian, a Muslim, and a Jew. Um, all are in a room and the kids get to ask us questions. And it's great because inevitably there's always one kid in the back of the classroom that's like, but y'all are saying the same thing. Mm. We're like, bingo, mm. that's it. That's it. You know? There we go. That was Uzma. Yes. Um, yeah. I forgot that part of the interview. I loved it. Yeah. I just, I'm just so happy that um, the, just that we have been introduced to their podcast, but also that they are part of this summit. Mm -hmm. Anything else you want to share about them before we move on to Ted and Kimia? Just that everybody should follow them on social networking because they also have a lot of great posts um, and then um, listen to their podcast. Scroll through all the shows they've done over, because I, I was just, I just found it like three or four months ago. So just scroll through all the shows they've done and pick one that's interesting to you and just jump And it's in. interesting. They talk, they, they talk about Everything parenting, everything mommying, but they they said the ones that have been most downloaded, they talked about sex, sex. and intimacy. Mm -hmm. and, you know, no surprise, no. right? That's, I think it's similar with our shows. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the next two. So just so everybody knows, people are either going to be able to listen to this because they're going to be an audio link to it, or you can actually watch the interview. We actually recorded it on Zoom. So I just want to make sure how people can consume this summit, and there's many different ways. And just to be clear, once it begins, yes. this begins January 31st, and it goes to February 4th. So for those of you who have registered, and you're like, wait, I don't have these links, you're not supposed to. Yeah. It doesn't start until January 31st. Um, so this is Ted Bunch and Kimia Motley from A Call to Men, uh, really powerful interview, and they actually interviewed each other. And I don't know if I'll play one clip or two clips, but this is the first. Can you before you start, Ted? Sure. Can you explain A Call to Men? Call to Men, I, I I believe began. Tony Porter is the CEO, and Ted Bunch is his I think co-founder, and also you know basically right there with Tony, and uh, they created an organization that was initially started to bring awareness of the amount of violence against women at the hands of men. And since then, they do a lot of other things, but it's a lot about how do we raise healthy men? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the bottom line. Well, and they coined, a call to men coined the man box, didn't uh, they? If they didn't coin it, they certainly use it all the time. I've, I've heard differing views from certain friends of ours that have said, I think that that predates a call to men. Well, Tony Porter, his TED talk, yeah. he it's called the man box. Yeah. So he at least elaborates mm -hmm. on what the man box yes. is. So and so. he uh, Ted talks a little bit about it in this clip. That I would never do now, even with the post Me Too. Ever since this last three years or so, Kimia, yeah. one of the reasons why men were back on their heels so much around it. I mean, men in general. Mm -hmm. right, was because we know that we've objectified women. Yes. That there isn't a man that I've met that hasn't either done something or said something that sexually objectified a woman or witnessed another man doing something and saying something he did nothing about. Yes. So that's the first clip. Um, and I want to play the other one just because I think it's important. Uh, it's specifically about the man box. So that was the reason I included that one is because it talks about me too. And it's such an interesting discussion. Like most guys were taken aback by that because we're not used to being called out for anything. Right. And, and if we're being called out about this thing, I'm saying we, and I, I'm yeah. not a man. Um, but if you are being called out about this thing and you have done this thing, mm -hmm. In some way, shape, or form, maybe not personally, but you've either watched it, experienced or, it, or viewed it and viewed didn't do it. anything about it. 
then of course you're going to be like, oh. Defensiveness. Crap. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the other one. Talk to me about exactly what is the man box and how does this tie into this heterosexism, um, homophobia lens that you were talking about? Right. Okay, so I spoke a little bit about the man box, right? And just for the audience, imagine the characteristics that go into being a man, what we're taught in our society, whether it's in the United States or actually any society that's based on male dominance, AKA patriarchy, right? Patriarchy teaches us that men are here and women are here, that men are the ones who are supposed to be making the decision that they're the leaders, right? And that's not to say that if you have a household where there's a man in a leadership that there's anything that, 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 that there's controlling or abuse or anything like that. But patriarchal structures uh, have already as part of that structure, the construct is based on men being in charge. And that's just a simple, basic understanding. And some guys are like, no, no, it's an equal world out there. <laughs> and I just love hearing people remind us that it's not. And explaining what patriarchy means. I think it's, I've gotten, as you know, very comfortable with saying, well, that's, that's patriarchy. Or, mm -hmm. And I know that some people view even just saying that as being somehow unkind or like, you know, harsh, but it's just a, mm -hmm. it is, it just isn't, there's an isness to mm -hmm. it with this. Our culture was founded that way yeah. and men lead. And what we have been doing is trying to bring some equality to it, but we still live within a patriarchy. So it's really just more of there's an isness rather than an argument yeah. about it. But I understand that it's similar, Todd, when you were starting Men Living um, and you would talk about toxic masculinity and people didn't like that language. I don't mm. want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And I understand, but it also, there is an isness to mm. when something is toxic. Yeah. Um, but I understand the reason why I want to make sure that we use words that people can hear is what is our intention? Is our intention to win and say, no, I want to use this word and it's the only one I'm going to use? Or do we find language where we can actually communicate with each other? So if I'm talking with someone and they don't like that language, then let's find other language so we can talk about these mm -hmm. things. Um, I'm, I, you know, I say we stay open. Yeah. And there's days, depending on what type of day I have, because I've been challenged very directly about the usage of that word, toxic masculinity. And sometimes I'm in your court, which is, okay, let's use a different word. Right. And other times I'm like, I'm, I don't want to tiptoe around your feelings right. because as a culture, we as men don't tiptoe around other people's feelings. So Very true. It just depends on what mood I'm in. That well, day. the person who says, I don't want to hear that word toxic masculinity, and then they say, I want to call you whatever pronouns I want, and I want to use this word, and I want to use this flag, and I want to use this. It's so mm -hmm. we don't get to, you know, you get to say what feels good to you, but you don't care what feels good to other people. And, and my invitation when I'm in that, that mood where I don't really care to be to tiptoe around it is like let's investigate why is that word you know like let's use that word right and, and sometimes it goes or sideways. let's let's dissect it yeah. like because that's the thing is i think where we get lost is when we say i want to use this word and someone says well i don't want you to and then we say you suck and then the conversation ends yeah 
versus here's the language that's being used. Why is this uncomfortable? What does it mean to you? That's kind of what I, when I'm breaking down the word patriarchy for people, is it's an, I'm not trying to shame you. Mm. I'm trying to explain a structure that mm. we that we live in. And so if we can kind of dissect that a little bit, so much information just comes out of that conversation yeah. alone. Okay, so please sign up. And if you signed up, thank you. And if you have signed up, share it with a friend because it's free. If you happen to buy Kathy's book, then you get entered into a raffle where we have this karaoke machine and this record player and these headphones. Just like fun giveaway. Yeah. Todd and I are old school with giveaways. Yeah. We're like, what's fun stuff? So yeah, please join us. Looking forward to it. All right. All right. So what are we going to talk about today? What, did you want to do a Zen parenting moment or do you just want me we to jump did. into What was the Zen parenting moment? Meditation oh, versus mindfulness. Right. Sorry, everybody. Jumping ahead. Okay. So here is the, um, the, the paradoxical thing I think we say to our kids. Okay. So there's two things that we focus on with them all the time. And I think our kids get stuck knowing which way to go. Okay. So when... And I know you you struggle with this one a lot because after our kids will ask for something, you will have this kind of like response where you'll say, why can't they do that themselves? Yeah. So something that we always say to our kids is you need to learn to do this yourself. Yes. You need to learn. Oh, sorry, everybody. That was my uh, computer. Um, you need to learn to do this yourself. You need to figure out how to be like responsible for your own life. Yeah. Okay. So does everybody find that? Like it could be a, when we're talking to a two-year-old or when we're talking to Sweetie, a I'm going to give you applause for that. Okay. The other thing, this is the thing we say to kids all the time. Can I guess what you're about to say? Yes. Ask for support when you need it. Yes. Yeah. We say to them, why didn't you ask for help when they're struggling? We say, I didn't know you were feeling this way. I wish you would have told me and asked for help. Mm -hmm. And I think that those two things, they both have their place. I'm not saying we need to choose one. We're not going to live in the, the binary of like you either do this or that. But I think we better in ourselves reconcile that both are important. Yes. And we have to find room to, you know, kind of with our kids discuss what we mean mm -hmm. when we say do this yourself and what we mean when we say ask for help. And not have this expectation of that they'll just understand. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. So um, I think you're absolutely right. Okay. I think they're both, I don't know if they're equally important, but yeah, I think they're equally important. Ask for help and take care of your own business. Right. And it's something I struggle with and probably will continue to struggle with. And let's let's dissect that. Why sure. do you struggle with that? Because so when somebody asks me to wash out their water bottle when they're sitting there at the kitchen on their phone, I'd be like, you could do this yourself. But is, do you, what are they doing on their phone? My guess is on just mind-numbing activities. And do you know that for sure? No. Or do you think maybe well, they're I'm, texting the person they're going to pick up and they're saying, I'm going to be late or can you get my lunch or... Do, does, I think it's a safe bet. It, it, it's possible. It's yeah. certainly possible. But the amount of times I have to wash out water bottles, I'm guessing that it's more... Will you do this for me? Because I don't want to do it. Okay. And see, this is where you and I completely disagree. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that you understand I don't think you're wrong for um, asking our kids to do things that, you know, for themselves, yeah. because that makes total sense to me. So this is not me against you, but I think us kind of digging into this will help. Yeah, other we can people. use this as a really good example. Yeah, because I think you 
Okay, so let's think about the morning Mm -hmm. Um, or let's think about the night before, like all the things our kids will just focus on one specifically, just get someone in your mind Mm -hmm. because we have three kids and that what that person is doing to get ready for the next day. They're often coming home from work. They're getting their clothes laid out. They're taking a late shower. They're making their lunch. They're maybe putting together a smoothie, um, getting into bed, you know, making sure that they do all the things that are important to them, do their Snapchats, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, go to sleep, set their alarm, wake up, you know, jump in the shower again or get ready for school, put everything together. um, Well, just so you know, I'm talking about the other kid. Well, no, I'm talking about, I'm, talking about the same kid that you're talking about. No, I'm not. Because this kid that I'm talking about doesn't go to work at night. Oh, so you're thinking about the other kid. Yes. Okay, well, you don't get very frustrated around that. I'm revealing to you that when that kid says, will you wash out my water bottle? Okay, well, then that's even nuttier to me. So let's dig into this. Yes, please. That person... I just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing. Okay, is taking... Like maybe not going to work, but is doing all these things at night mm-hmm. to when if your focus is you need to learn to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. OMG. Yeah. Like this person is doing more than you're doing mm-hmm. as far as self-awareness mm-hmm. and journaling and getting sleep and taking care of their environment and making sure their homework's done. And then in the morning, there's breakfast, which we have set up mm-hmm. a situation where we have breakfast together. So you are making breakfast. Sure. And then that person is also doing, you know, I and so when they're like, will you wash out my water bottle or will you fill it? Yeah. Well, wash, seems, wash and fill. Just, it seems very, it, to me, and then you give me back what you're feeling. Yeah. Very small. Yeah. In what they're expected to do. It's like one piece of... 50 things. Mm. So tell me what you think. No, I think everything you said is absolutely correct. This kid does a tremendous amount of self-care. She takes care of herself in a way. She takes Mm -hmm. responsibility for so many different things. Uh And you and I have talked about this before because what I think you've shared with me that I think is right, maybe I'll screw this up, is it's not about the water bottle. It's will you take care of me? So it's, there's something do you under love me. Yes, yes. And and I know that sounds for some people. It's like oh god, like that's too weighty for me. I don't mm-hmm. want to be thinking about that all the time. It's not about every little thing we do. We don't yeah. have to be like chronically on, and where we do everything for our kids when they ask because some things don't make sense. Right. Like we just had an experience five minutes ago where a kids like, will you do this? And we're like, we can't. We, can't. we have to work. So we can't do those things all the time. But There are moments if we have the ability and someone's like, will you help me with this? And we can, Mm -hmm. then when we do, that person feels connected, loved, seen. If we can't, then that is in our integrity. Yeah, Like I'm walking out the door. But when we are playing the game of, I don't want to do this for you because I want you to learn to do this yourself. And I feel put out because you're asking me. That's the kind of like crap we're throwing into our connection. Well, and this might be um, untruthful, but there's a part of me that's like, I can almost always do whatever it is that they're asking me to do. And, oh. uh, you know, because we both work from home mm-hmm. for the most part, we're, we're available. I don't want to say I'm emotionally available all the time because there's times when I'm caught up in my own drama, mm-hmm. but I'm usually, one of us is usually around. So... 
Um, but there are times when we're simply not there. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I go back, you know, this is, this is me processing through my own childhood. Like this is where I wanted to go. When this I was younger, my parents weren't around. Now my great grandmother was around my, you know, they were around, but they were working. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's so weird. Like the amount of time that you and I spent in this household, if you compare that to 1979 in my at 5824 North Kilbourne on Chicago, my parents were rarely ever around. So it, um, during the day, at night they were there, but during the day my mom was at work and my dad was at work. So were mine. Um, so we had to do these things. So this is probably just me kind of processing through my mm-hmm. own stuff mm-hmm. because because the quantity of time that we are in fact available in physical presence is so much different than what it was in 1979 when I was seven years old or 1985 when I was 13, then I think that's where I kind of build a story around something. Absolutely. And same, like I left for, I walked to school in the morning. I walked home. Nobody was home. I made my own dinner. Mm -hmm. I was complete. I mean, my parents were home too at certain times too, but they worked full time. So I was in charge of my own day. Um, It is, we do not have that experience. Mm -hmm. We work from home most of the time. You travel and I work, you know, I teach sometimes. So it's not like we're always here. Um, But they... I think the question is, do, first of all, completely different time, apples and oranges, like we, that is not possible now with the way things are. And our children have different stressors and different things to worry about and, and, and different concerns. Um, do you think that this is kind of what I always want to break it down to is helping them in that moment is harming them? Uh, in the short, uh, I think in the grand scheme of things, I think the answer is it depends, but mostly not. Well, look at our kids right now. Like, do you feel that being helpful to them has hurt their ability to function? No, they're all very independent, emotionally intelligent, compassionate, and yet human. Human, of course. People. Right. They make so no, mistakes. I think that we we are doing really well with these three kids because they well, are... Well, it's not that I'm looking for that, like we're doing well. What I'm looking for is the very specific. Do you think that... Who they turned out to be. No, no. Do you think helping them, uh-huh. or yeah, I guess you, you just flip-flopping, do you think that doing things like, hey, it's cold out, I'll pull up the car for you, uh-huh. which you do sometimes yeah. a lot. Actually, I appreciate that when you do that. Yeah. Um, has somehow made them less responsible or more compassionate? Probably more compassionate, but at times less responsible. Okay. So more... Do you really... You think they're less responsible? Like, give me an example of how they've... Let's just warm the car up. Like, if these kids had to warm their own car every single time, then I think they would take more responsibility to make sure that they would get to school with a warm car. Like it's just by definition, if we're doing it for them, then they don't have to do it for themselves. If you were not there, could they start the car, warm it up and get to school? Of course. Okay. So then is that sentence true? Can they do it? Of course they can right. do it. Yeah, so that's not, what that's you're not saying is I want them to suffer a little more. Um, well, no, I don't think it's, I want them to suffer, but I, and maybe this is me trying to win the debate. Mm-hmm take responsibility to get themselves out the door 
in a way that they can get themselves to the door without my help because eventually I won't be there to help them. Right. And I think that's always the fear. And I think the the question is, is when we are not there, when we are not in the kitchen, they when I'm totally, gone, they, they go on their yes, own. Yes, they rise so to the can occasion. can they do it? Of course. And are they like, you guys weren't there and I'm mad at you? No. Mm-hmm. There, there is, and I think this is a very uh, tricky conversation yeah. because I'm not saying that I don't understand your thoughts sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not saying I haven't felt that way myself. I think what the reason I'm challenging you, because I know you're always up for these kind of conversations, is for other people is that I think that we do have a thing like I suffered, so you need to suffer. Or if I put more on you than you can handle, then you will somehow become a better person. And I think we need to start questioning those things. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean we do everything. The reason... I can feel in me, and I think everybody has this in them, the breaking point between I'm supporting you and you're taking advantage of me. And we all have a different view of that. True. You have your, what the breaking point is, which is probably, my guess is more conscious than mine. I think I get triggered quicker regarding that. But I think you're right. We all have a breaking point. The problem is everybody's breaking point True. is a little bit different. And that's why this becomes less about, hey, everybody do it this way and more about tune in to why yes. we're choosing Question. whichever approach. Get curious of what's happening. Because I feel like what... So I go deep to the deep, deep, deep core of why are we here. Human beings need each other. We are in community with each other. We are not supposed to do things by ourselves. Mm-hmm. We are supposed to work in community. So when we live in a family and a family is like, here, I threw your stuff in the dryer for you, I'm not teaching them to be irresponsible. Mm-hmm. They have already put it in the washer. Now it's in the dryer because I helped. And they're like, hey, thanks. And then mm-hmm. they finish up. Now, I'm sure there's parents listening who are saying, well, if I do that, then they're just going to expect me to do everything. And my next question is, well, but... Did you do it? Like, if you're like, well, they expect it, so I'm going to do everything, then that's not their fault. That's us saying, why bother? Or I'm perfectionistic and I need it to be a certain way, so I'm going to do it for them. I feel like the easiest way to talk about this is to speak in extremes. So let's say that there is a dad out there and he does so much for his kids. Right. Uh, give me all the laundry. Yeah, all the laundry. Makes all the lunches. The kid's a senior in high school, mm-hmm. still making his lunches. Right. right. Um, I don't even know what Driving else. him to school. Driving he's him late. to school. Right. Um, yes. You know. Tur- taking the homework to school because they forgot their homework. Right. Like all that stuff. Right. This is probably a little out of balance. It probably is. And let's go the other. Because I wouldn't call that support or help. Yes. I'd call that saving. Yes. Do you see what I mean? Yes. That's like an important there, word. There is a difference between my kid is barely. Mm-hmm you know, getting through. and But you know what's interesting, Todd, is I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When my kids have been struggling with things, either they've been, you know, coming off of something basic, like they were sick mm-hmm. or they are, they're heart sick, you know, mm-hmm. they got heartbroken by a friend or someone they were dating or something, or they are, you know, just struggling somewhere in their lives. I will show Move up more. further. I yes, will. absolutely. I will be like, hey, I'll get you up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I will like... Not as a, I don't think you're capable, but I can see that your energy is less than usual. So I will help until I notice you can pick it up again. So it's also when I'm using the word saving, sometimes that's the extreme. If your kid is emotionally, let's just say, is, is 
out of energy. Out of energy. We're probably going to have to come in and use our rescuer, our saver more. Mm -hmm. And when our kid is doing really, really well, uh-huh. pull back. I'm not going to save as much or rescue as much mm-hmm. and invite them into taking a personal 100% responsibility for whatever it is that we're talking about. Or let's, and I'm just playing this game with you so you can see, what about 95? Mm-hmm. And then you can still pull the car up and that's mm-hmm. just a kind thing to do. Right. I think the thing that we, the, the reason this conversation is so important is because we get the language you just used, because this is your brain, 100% responsibility. Yeah. No human being can be 100% responsible for everything. They need support and help. We live in community. Mm-hmm. I I feel, and again, I will take responsibility for this, as you're, you're talking about your childhood. I also grew up feeling like I was, you know, home alone most mm-hmm. of the time, like most of the 80s kids did. Um, and... I then learned to not ask for help. Yeah. I then learned right. a story that I will tell you guys is that I've probably shared before is when I, so I lived with girlfriends in Chicago for a long time. Then I lived by myself for a long time and I learned to do everything by myself. Okay. You know, take care of my car, take care of my rent, take care of my house, take care of my job, take care of, I was in grad school, all these things. When Todd and I got married, I didn't want him to do anything. I was like, I was like, don't bother. Cause I, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. And it was, he may not have even noticed, but I was like, I could not put down the fact that I didn't want to be disappointed mm-hmm. by humans. Yeah. So I wouldn't accept help or he, or if he did something, I'd be like, well, I'm going to do something more. Yeah. So then I don't owe anything to you. Yeah. And I think that kind of like, I don't know what you call that. What is- It's another lesson. There, There's times when- we need to ask for support. Right. And there's times that we need to be able to give support. So I think you're right. I think if I, let's go to the extreme, the other side, how I talked about the dad who does laundry and now let's go to the mom who just lets their, their kids fail miserably all the time because that's the life lesson that they have to get. Yeah. Or like, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to take this to extremes where it's like, oh, you you have a party at five and I knew it was at five, but I'm not going to tell you it's at five mm-hmm. because I want you to learn. It's like, it's okay to say, hey, don't you have this at five yeah. and support your kid and they may go, oh my God, thank you so much for telling me. I forgot because do you ever forget sure. that you have something? Now, our kids are going to have enough experiences away from us. Like something that Todd and I always talk about is that Sometimes the only way we see our kid is the way they are in the home. Mm-hmm. And when we're seeing them with our own eyes, they have a full day. A different version of themselves, probably. A different version of themselves where they probably drop the ball, don't get help, are made to feel guilty about something they forgot, um, are irresponsible in some way and called out for it, if it be emotional or literal with homework or something. They're having those experiences. Well, and I think you brought up a really important point that I never thought about, which is for, I'm I'm thinking of one of my friends who got very little support from his family and he is really bad at being in community. He is really bad at asking for support. And I was too. Um, So I think that's a byproduct of raising a kid who's just going to, do everything they take care of themselves in a way and be fiercely independent, odds are you're raising a human being that may not be really good at asking for support. This, it, you 
beautiful. Thank you for explaining that because that is the conversation I want to have is we still need to go deep into what do we want our kids to learn? And not everything is about 100% responsibility. Some things are about, I will help you. Mm -hmm. Some things are about, thank you for helping me. Some things are about, let's do this together. You shouldn't have to do this alone. Which is called relationships. Correct. And it's also called being human. Because if we go through the world and we're like, you know, you're having an emotional experience, go to your room until you figure it out. (laughs) I mean, our kids are going to be like, well, the people that love me most cannot tolerate or help me Mm -hmm. when I'm having any other feeling but what they perceive as happiness. So I'm not going to ask anybody to help me with my emotions. You know, that's not going to be something I do. Or they're going to be struggling in school and we're going to say, why didn't you ask for help? Mm -hmm. And it's because when they asked for help, we said, did you talk to the teacher? Did you do this first? Have you been doing your homework? Have you been getting... We judge them Mm -hmm. as soon as they ask for help. And that's why they don't ask us. And so there is this very interesting in between that's going to be different for every kid and every family. Well, and what I want to say is it's not even in between, like the first thing I said, let's talk about extreme. So you have like a a horizontal line to the right is this extreme to the left is that extreme, but it's, there's also a vertical access and that might be based on the kids where the kid is in the moment. Correct. And then there's probably a million other different lines. So like, it's not like linear. It's like a big circle of different possibilities. And as parents, we have to continue to kind of tune into what's happening and what is, you know, what feels right in this moment. And I sometimes am in this judgmental place, like, oh, you got to wash your own water water bottle. But I'm not tuning into the fact that she just had a big fight with her girlfriends yesterday. Exactly, And that you don't know what she's doing on her phone. Yes. Most of the time she's texting and saying, will you guys bring this? And we'll, I'm going to pick you up at 720. Like she's not always, maybe sometimes she well, is. Once again, I was talking about the other kid. Okay. Yeah, you're right. So I guess my point is what, like, for example, if we help our kids with something like yesterday, one of my kids came home. She was, she had, she had one, uh, she had one day to herself because she had to work actually last night, but she had one day to get a bunch of stuff done yesterday and she lost her phone and she was so sad because she had like all these things she needed to do. And we were, we were looking at find friends and it looked like her phone was downtown. This is a really good example. And she was, and I'm not laughing at her. It was just one of those things where sometimes (laughs) my daughter's like, can can I just get a break? I mean, do your kids are your kids ever like? It's almost like give me a, a give me a, a pass or yeah. give me give me like this like free credit, right? Where you just bail my ass Please. out of this situation. You know, she walked in. She's like, Mom, I just can't. And so I said, You go eat lunch because she had to go somewhere else. And I said, Let me go downtown and see if I can find it. Now, let me be clear, everybody. I know we can't always do this. A, I might not have been home. B, I might not have been able to because I had two little kids at home and I couldn't leave them. Like, you can't always do this. But if you can, and I went downtown, we found her phone, and I came home, and she was so appreciative, mm-hmm. not because she expected me to do it, but because it changed her day. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, Now I can focus here. It didn't make her like, you know, write me a letter and throw me a party. It just helps our relationship. She knows I have her back. And then when I can't have her back in that moment because like, you know, she just called and said, can you do this? And we can't. Mm -hmm. It's an emotional bank account thing again. It's like we can't always do all these things for you. And sometimes you're going to have to deal with the consequences. But there are times 
that I'm going to do this and I know that this is also teaching you how to be compassionate toward yourself, how to ask for help and how to do this for others. So for those of you out there who are extreme about, I don't do anything for my kids because they have to learn, you might inadvertently be teaching them, don't ask for help. And for those of you who do everything for your kids and you don't ask them to show up in any way, you're showing them that they don't need to do anything. Find that place and there are certain days you feel like you do more than others. There's sometimes three days goes by and I don't feel like I did anything for anyone. Well, and that's what's interesting is this really is a self-awareness exercise. It is. Because, you know, I'm thinking about what we want to name this podcast, like how or when do we want to help our kids or something like that. Uh And it's really step one, and I say this all the time, it's where am I in this now moment? Because if I was having a really good afternoon yesterday and I was laying on the couch watching football and my kids said, I lost my phone downtown, will you help? I would probably say, yeah, sure. I'm just watching the game. No big deal. If I had a deadline up against me that night and I got pissed because you and I had an argument the night before, whatever, and I was in this kind of really depleted state, I'd probably be like, go do it yourself or something like that. Don't lose your phone. Don't Don't you know why do you lose your phone? phone? How much did you pay for that? (laughs) Like all all the stories. So it's almost like checking in with myself, which I, so I'm getting better at, but I still like, where is this coming from? Because if it's coming from that judgmental, closed-minded place, that's when disruptions happen in a relationship and you got to clean it up if right. you're lucky. Right. Um, and, and you miss the opportunity to connect. Yeah. And then the other thing is, I remember in a podcast seven or eight years ago, I'm like, my, my motto as a parent, there is no one motto, but one of my many mottos that I had as a parent is just keep them safe and get the hell out of their way, which is you, you can interpret that in either of those two ways. Like if I get out of their way, that means I'm not helping them or helping them at all. Or I could say, if I get out of their way, then I'll just like support them. And then they go out into the world. My point is, the world is a tough place mm-hmm. to live in. Mm-hmm. And I think you model this better than I do, but our job is just to make sure our kids know they're loved. Mm-hmm. Like that's our job. Mm-hmm. And not to be such a teacher. And to teach them how to live in community. Yeah. Because if my daughter's friend lost her phone downtown mm-hmm. and said, will you guys help me? Mm-hmm. She may be like, well, Someone help me. So yeah, I'll go because that's what we need is more eyes and more help and more support. But if she was taught, no, you do it yourself, then what's she going to say to her friend? Go do it yourself. And so, and there's a mixture. There'll be times when she's like, I can't help you today because I'm not here. It's just playing around with both and realizing this is exactly like the sex ed conversations where we'd say to parents, what do you want your kids to learn about sex? Now start speaking in that way to them. I'm going to say it about life. What do you want your kids to know about responsibility and community and asking for help? And then start to live that way. Well, it's funny. Like for some reason, I thought of Rob Bell's book called Love Wins. Uh And what you just described is, you know, somebody needs help. You help them. Love wins. And then... Uh, so, but you could so easily misinterpret that. Like, oh, I love my kids, so I'm going to do everything for them. I know. And is that love? That's not love either. Well, And it's finding that place. Like, where is, what is the best thing in this moment? Exactly. And I'm sorry I keep interrupting you because I really, I like what you're saying. So I like when I add to it. So I apologize. The, 
the thing is not about one, it, to your point, it's not about one way. We mm-hmm. have to be broader than that. I always, when people say things like, well, if you're saying this, then I must need to do this. It's like a flat understanding. Mm. There's no dimension to it. This is not about just do this. It's about in this moment, what do you want to teach? Yeah. And that's very nuanced. Sometimes it's what you're teaching is, honey, I'm at work and I can't come get you right now because work is where I have to be. But in two hours, I can be there. That's a teaching sometimes is responsibility. But then there is also, you need help right now? Okay, give me five minutes and I'll be there because I can do that today Mm -hmm. for you. And I feel as if because of what you're going through, that is what we need to do today. And I, and this, and for parents who are like, well, I'm confused. Yeah. Welcome to parenting. Where, well, and I also want to be like, then go deeper in yourself. Yeah. Like this is your responsibility is instead of looking to other people and saying, what do I do? Do you know your kid? Do you know yourself? And if you are, if you are, um, playing with both of those ideas on a daily basis, You may not do it perfectly, but you'll probably hit the mark more than you think. Mm -hmm. But when you are looking for, I don't want to think about it, give me an answer from, you're asking, you're Googling, you know, what do I do? You're not tuning into humans. Getting curious, investigating your experience. Because, and then we got to close the show. But um, what was I going to say? Love wins. Oh, sometimes... When we do things for our kids, because we love them, I'll, I'll, I'll speak generally. I'm guessing most parents love their kids, mm-hmm. and we will love them so much that we betray ourselves. Right, and that's a problem. And that's a problem right. too. It's like finding that like gray area, middle ground. Right. Like if I if I'm doing this for my kid and I'm taking their lunch to school because they forgot it, but it's really gonna disrupt my day, then I'm betraying myself in this moment. And so it's like, it's always trying to like navigate around that. Well, Brene Brown, her definition of boundaries is about how I can love you best without betraying myself. Like really that we should have started with this, Mm. even though we've, you know, arrived here in a, in an organic way, but really it's like, how do I make sure that I am grounded and invested in, in who I am and what I'm doing? And then how do I love you best from that place? And if I am, altering every aspect of my life to, and I'm putting this in air quotes, love you, Mm -hmm. then that may not be best. But if I am taking care of myself and then showing up for you in ways that I know you need to thrive as a human, because this is different. Like kids, you know, I've, you and I, when we've had crisis with our kids have shown up in ways beyond, right? And I know my friends who, um, you know, who have neurodiverse kids where they've had to really go out there and find the resources Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, work with the school and they have to do more than your average parent to get what their kids need. And that's because that's what their kids need. That's not about over, you know, that's not about not taking care of themselves, even though sometimes they need that message too, that they need to make sure that they take care of themselves in the process. But sometimes... You do more than usual. Well, and here's the paradox of it. I've said many times, parent from the same place between partners. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, you and I are two different human beings who have two different childhood experiences, who have two different versions of what responsibility means. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for a kid to experience both partners. Absolutely. And... (laughs) 
be on the same page. Exactly. It's so like paradoxical. Exactly. So because I hold the kids accountable for certain things that you don't, and you hold the kids accountable for certain things that I don't. Yeah. And that is okay because just to your point, not every human being in the world is going to ask the same thing of them. Yeah. This is why it's always good for our kids to have different kinds of teachers and coaches, as long as they are not being harmed in any way, is that it's good for them to experience strict teachers. It's good for them to have a teacher yes. that's just a warm fuzzy. All of the above is good mm -hmm. because they learn how to, you know, like most of my girls now have had a, a boss who is difficult. Sure. And I'm like, yes, that is how do you navigate this? And I will support you in navigating this, not you're on your own. Well, and I probably take a little too much pleasure when our kids have a tough teacher or a tough boss or whatever. I don't, I'm just like, yep, okay, buckle yep. up. Yeah, yeah, but- I will, uh, the big but is as you're navigating this teacher, you can talk to me yeah, about it right. and I will not judge you and, and do the respect your teacher's thing. I will do the, yeah, that's difficult. Nope, that doesn't sound fair, but here's what you do to show up. Yeah. So what do you want to title this podcast? This conversation is literally never ending. And that's the point to parents is that dig into this mm -hmm. with yourself, with your friends, with your partner, like question, when am I helping? When am I hurting? When am I taking responsibility? When am I helping them with responsibility? Um, let's call this what about helping or hurting. Uh, when or how do we help our kids? How about how do we help our kids? All right. Very good. I'm writing that okay. down. All um, right, everybody. So I want to say thank you to Jeremy Kraft. He's a bald-headed beauty. If you live in Chicagoland area and you need any home project done, He's your man, 630-956-1800, avidco.net, and sign up for the summit. It's going to be off the hook. Uh, first name, last name, email address. That's all it takes. And my book comes out on February 1st, everybody. Buy it now, pre-order. It'll show up that day, or at least that's what they're telling me. So, And you can also get it on audiobook. It's I, I did the narration, so yeah, both did. are me. Okay. Keep tracking, everybody. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have appreciated or enjoyed a decade of Zen Parenting Radio podcasts, please tell a friend or leave a five-star review. We are grateful for your support. Remember to register for our Zen Parenting Virtual Summit, where you will learn from 15 thought leaders and learn more about Kathy's book, Zen Parenting, Caring for Ourselves and Our Children in an Unpredictable World. If you want more Zen Parenting, consider joining Team Zen, pre-ordering my new book, or subscribing to Zen Parenting Moment. You can find these opportunities and more at zenparentingradio.com slash resources. It's our new page where you can find everything we do in one place. If you want to connect through social networking, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Keep trucking, and we'll talk to you again next week.